Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Left Media Podcast. We're your hosts, I'm Mitchell. And I'm Mike. And today we're going to be doing an episode on the film V for Vendetta. And we've also got special guests with us from Coffee with Comrades, Pearson yeah. and Bree. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing good. Yeah, doing real good. How about you fellas? Doing doing super doing, well. Doing great. Really happy to have y'all. And we just uh, thank you for your time and appreciate you so much for for uh, joining this conversation. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be fun. Hell yeah, I was thrilled when y'all reached out. Yeah, for sure. I I've uh, I've I've been a fan of of y'all's uh podcast for quite a while and uh I I I really got into it when um y'all did the um Last Jedi analysis and review. Obviously, we're we're kind of biased to uh <laughs> stuff like that. So uh yeah. um that that was an immediate uh idea for for later on for for being able to 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 collaborate and uh i just i just love everything that y'all do um y'all are are just like super passionate about everything that y'all talk about and uh another one of my my personal favorite episodes was the the breakdown of the neoliberalism and because it it, it's just such a complex word and and fits so much into it and uh if if any of our listeners haven't checked out either of those episodes they're they're great go check them out they're 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 wonderful for sure thanks guys yeah thanks so much guys yeah that's very very kind of you to say um you have brie to thank for the the last jedi episode it was her idea it's definitely my favorite episode we've done so far on our show it was just so much fun yeah it's a good time yeah so I I, uh, I I'm kind of a fan of the way that y'all always kick off uh, y'all's show is is like y'all y'all kind of ask like how how's your week going so uh, I I figured uh, we could we could start off with with uh, asking asking y'all that right on Bree how you doing I'm good I'm uh you know I'm third floor up but I'm worried that my apartment is going to flood um because it is storming non-stop here I don't know about where you guys are but it is just super super wet oh no we're okay yeah. where we're at so far but yeah there's been some pretty severe storms over here lately kind of scary yeah, I drove through all through the night last night, and it was torrential downpour. Uh, so here in the southeastern United States, it's definitely been a, a a wet weekend. Did you get a free free light show while you were driving with all the lightning? I did. It was beautiful. Yeah, it's for really sure. cool. It's been really cool. So, do you want to talk about? I I know that you recently, or well, just this this weekend, went up to uh, to DC to uh, protest against the the Unite the Right too. Uh, do you want to talk about that any a little? Yeah, sure. Um, so I went up there. Yeah, so uh, so I went up there um, on this weekend um, because obviously it's a important moment. Um, these neo-Nazi fascist asshats decided to host um, a second rally for Unite the Right um, on the anniversary of Heather Heyer's martyrdom, and um, I think that rubbed uh to say that it rubbed me the wrong way is a massive understatement um but i was i I was determined to not let that go unchallenged uh so i went up there with some folks and um the weekend was good we were successful um only 
like reports vary, but it's somewhere around two dozen uh, fash were all that showed up, and uh, they got rained on. They got some of them um, were escorted less than gently from uh, DC, and generally um, it was uh, a, a, a wide success. Um, the thing that I would um, point to in particular, though, is the fashion blue, um, and the cops were in particular pretty I wouldn't say militarized they, they, we didn't see anybody in riot gear per se but they were incredibly um, quick to try and corral and kettle and I think that they intentionally used the um, experiences that they had had from the J20 protest in order to try and instill a sense of fear and disquiet in um, the sort of abolitionist bloc uh, that was that was marching and um, in particular um, they because the J20 protests were ineffectual or, or, or rather the um, protest the prosecution of the J20 protests were ineffectual what ended up happening was or at least it seemed like the police uh, instead wanted to be punitive for the sake of being punitive because if they couldn't um, you know target people in the courts they wanted to target people in the streets and so um, there were several points where um, I witnessed folks being kettled um, and uh, you know shot with tear gas and uh, pepper sprayed. Um, I had brought my medic bag up, and so I was able to, um, you know, lend some mutual aid to some folks who were uh, struggling with those uh, symptoms that, that are the fallout of that kind of police violence. And we um, saw some inspiring things. Um, I have some really brave and courageous comrades, and um, I would love to tell the story about what exactly they did um but suffice to say um you know courage is courageous or courage is infectious and it was inspiring to see the way that people um acted under pressure and acted in the face of um a punitive state and were willing to sacrifice um you know life and limb and safety and security in order to defend and protect people and allow them to escape from being kettled yeah well yeah absolutely um I mean, it does. It certainly sounds like you had a, a, a group of, of, as you said, courageous individuals and, and, and comrades up there uh, doing what was necessary. And, uh, um, you know, I, I respect the hell out of that and, uh, and certainly appreciate anybody who's, who's willing to, to uh, confront that kind of thing. Uh, so hats off to you, friend. Thanks. Yeah. Shouts out to everyone who was there. Um, it was inspiring. Um, it was uh, it was definitely um, inspiring to be a part of it and to be able to see the um, kind of solidarity that it would occur when you know the Black Lives Matter march and the anti-fascist bloc like intersected and the sort of um, cheers and the solidarity that came out of that space was really um, inspiring. Despite some you know liberal setbacks from time to time it was cool to see those moments of mutual aid and solidarity um in the streets yeah i i saw one thing on one person posted on twitter that uh that that when the the folks in the black block showed up like the the i guess like the side crowd or or whatever started cheering for them and i was like yeah that's that's fucking awesome and they're 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 making headway and 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 hopefully this means like the the whole uh Antifa is just as bad as the fascist is 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 going away and because like 
I mean, as as we've seen, like the fact that that uh, Antifa kind of routed this this whole thing, and and that such a small number showed up of of the unite the right folks. Uh, Antifa fucking works. It it just does. There's there mm-hmm. there there's no way around it anymore. It it mm-hmm. it it's just the the best way to combat this this bullshit that that they want to and like you said like it 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 really does rub me the wrong way too that they would pick the the exact day that uh heather hired got maliciously fucking ran over by by a fascist uh just just the only thing that that comes to mind is just like how dare they yeah, exactly. How fucking dare they? It's uh, it's uh, heinous and unforgivable, and it won't be forgiven or forgotten. Um, and her her name and her legacy will go down in history as someone who stood up to these asshats and fucking fought back. Um, and she died for it. And I think that um, that kind of courage it, courage is is indeed infectious. Absolutely. And uh, you know, I I think uh, we we have not been involved. Uh, the two of us haven't been involved in a. Uh, something like that and and on that level there there have been we're here in uh, in Memphis and we've you know demonstrated and, and rallied around a couple of things uh, I know after after that event last year uh, I think it was the day of it was it or it was either that afternoon or the or the next day there were um, you know there was uh, demonstrations down by the uh, Nathan Bedford Forest statue. Uh, that we were trying to get taken down, that eventually came down um, in one of our public public parks, um, and the police were fairly mild. You know, we, we were able to uh, to to kind of rally around there and and, and and make a little bit of noise and, and show up. And uh, there were maybe uh, a couple of what they call like. Uh, I think they're like the sons of the Confederacy or sons yeah. of Confederate soldiers or something. They're like the uh, one of those kind of groups around here that are kind of white supremacists and and uh, really align with the uh, uh, Confederate whole thing. And and uh, you know a couple of those those folks showed up and um, just kind of got stared down by the masses of people there for Black Lives Matter and. And other groups and movements, and they and they just kind of you know turned around and left, and they were just so outnumbered, um, even here, and uh, that it was that it was encouraging. Uh, right so you know that's that's right the only little bit of uh, you know that stuff like that's happened a few times around here, but uh, they they don't come out uh, in masses here either, and that's you know they, they I think they've tried to organize a few times and. You know, locally and, and nationally, we just got to keep pushing back, and you know, just to hear, just to hear that that, that you were involved in that, and, and that there was uh, that uh, the kind of experience you had is really encouraging, even on a smaller scale for us. Uh, yeah, doing yeah, that absolutely. kind of thing here. So, you know, again, hats off to you. That's uh, that's uh, I respect the hell out of that, and uh, and you know, more power to everybody involved. Yeah, fuck yeah, absolutely. Solidarity and love to everybody who was involved in that. It was fucking cool to be a part of, absolutely. So, uh, y'all want to move on to uh, talking about the film a little bit? Fuck yeah, let's do it. So, yeah, let's do it. Uh, just some, if you, if you guys want to go ahead and give us your, if y'all want to go ahead and give us your general thoughts um, on the, uh, the film, kind of overall, what we'll do is we'll, uh, 
we'll just take your your, your general thoughts, just kind of a, a run run through, and then break it down into like the writing and screenplay, and you know. Um, how well they pulled from the source material, and we'll go through, you know, the acting and everything. Uh, so you don't have to be that detailed, but uh, just yet. But just, just you know, like an overview. Yeah, just tell us what you thought of it real quick, if you if you want to, yeah. just to kick it off. Cool. Yeah, Bray, why don't you start us off? For sure. Um, well, uh, it's a little embarrassing to uh, say this, but I actually, the, my first time viewing the movie in full was with Pearson um, about a week ago. It was that um, you came over and we watched it. <laughs> so I was, you know, it was my first time viewing it. And um, I'm glad that I saw it for the first time at um, sort of this point in my life, because I think that if I, if my younger self had watched V for Vendetta, um, it would have made me uncomfortable in ways that I wouldn't have been able to um, articulate um, or really put my finger on why certain things bothered me. And I think I would have just like been like, I don't like that movie and just sort of filed it you know, away under movies that I don't like. Um, so I'm glad that I, like, older, wiser me has watched this because um, when Pearson and I used to live together, uh, when we were roommates, I remember um, he had a, a 5th of November viewing party once, and I, like, specifically avoided viewing the movie because okay. there are people oh, that... I'm sorry, that. I'm sorry about that. So I, didn't I didn't know that those people were invited. I didn't know that it's they okay. were It's okay. I forgive you now. <laughs> It's fine, <laughs> but it's good. It's good that I didn't watch it then because I would have just, like I said, I wouldn't have been able to totally explain the things that uh, gave me sort of negative feelings about it, and I just would have, you know, thrown the baby out with the bathwater. Um, so I have mixed feelings, and I'll get, you know, more into that as we kind of talk about this. But, yeah, you know, over, I enjoyed watching it. It's one of those movies that, uh, for me, was incredibly, like, seminal. Um, when I first read the graphic novel, um, I was really inspired by it, um, and it f- finally articulated into words the sort of political impulse that I had always um, felt but never had a uh, never had the rhetoric to express, which is anarchy. And, and it was inspiring in that way, and though I don't see it as... Um, nearly a, a, a good or proper expression of, of anarchism. Um, it at least introduced me to the word and to the idea, and I think that that was super helpful and, and um, you know, a really foundational thing for, for me as, a, as an individual when I first read the graphic novel. And then the film came out um, directly thereafter, um, and it was cool to be able to see the movie. And I think the movie is good. Um, I don't think it's great. I think that it has some... Excellent dialogue. I think it has some uh, fantastic and and, uh, imminently quotable one-liners. But at the same time, I also think that there are some uh, aspects of it that are a bit problematic. Um, And like Bree said, I think it should be fun to to dig into some of those things and dissect them and talk about them in a more nuanced and sophisticated um, way in the way that you folks do so well on your podcast. Yeah, well, we appreciate that. And uh, that's, you know, we're we're excited to get into that as well. And uh, let's see... uh, Mitchell, what's your take? I yeah, man, I Jesus, I I really loved this movie as as like a, a, a teenager and and thought, fuck yeah, V is like the the coolest guy ever. Uh, I, I I didn't get exactly to to read the comic book uh, as much of a comic book nerd as I am. Um, I I always put it back for for fucking Batman for whatever reason. Um, hey, hey Batman's rad. 
Yeah, I, I, I love the comics, but uh, flawed as flawed as he may be, uh, Batman is. It, it's because he came to my birthday party as as a kid. Yep. Nice. Um, awesome. Shut up! No way! Really? Can you tell nice. me that story? That sounds I'm amazing. So you have to now. You, you can't just oh drop a little nugget like that and not tell <laughs> well, the story. Didn't you tell? Came to your birthday party? Yeah, I, I was. Did you tell Brett that story too? It was it was on one of the Batman oh, episodes. Them, yeah, um, yeah I, my my dad dressed up for as Batman for me um, and and came to my birthday party. Um, so that that that's pretty much it. That's, it, that's it, adorable. Um, it's the only time he was ever in spandex and and uh, <laughs> uh, so. But yeah, I, I can I can claim that I've had Barney come to my birthday party and fucking Batman. So. I had Barney too. I had Barney right too. Wow, so. sweet, sweet. Is um, there like a revolutionary Barney? Is there like a way we could discuss Barney in any revolutionary context? Probably. Absolutely. I mean, Barney's all about sharing the load. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is. It's Everybody cleans up at the same time. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. that's true. True. Yeah, mutual aid, man. Yeah, true, yes. true. Absolutely. Good point. So, uh, but but yeah. Um, as as a teenager, I thought this was like one of the coolest fucking movies that I'd ever seen. It, it's rad. I want to be just like V. Um, and now, kind of watching it, it's it, it's still a good film, but it is it is very flawed in in so many areas. And uh, I think it's a uh, from what I understand, it's a huge departure from uh, the, the the graphic novel. Um, Alan Moore has That's nothing. Yeah, Alan Moore has nothing to do with any of his uh, comics that get made into movies. Um, I'm a huge Alan Moore fan. Uh, um, any graphic novel that I've I've read of his, I've absolutely loved. Uh, whether it be Watchmen or or uh, The Killing Joke or or any any number of things. Um, but but as far as like the the movie goes, it it. Uh, it's it, it doesn't hold up to, to to my now self that can analyze and, and and critique movies a little bit better and has a better understanding of of political knowledge. So so I I, I think it's still a, a, a pretty solid film. Um, but I, I don't think I, I revere it as much as I did. What about you, Mike? Yeah, that's interesting. I think that uh it's really interesting that that in, in in one way or another we all kind of started in one place with this film, or you know perception of the film, and ended up a little bit somewhere a little bit different, um, which is kind of cool. Um, so I feel because I feel the same way, you know. It's like um, I've only seen it maybe this is probably my second or third time, but I saw it when I was younger and less uh, political and, and way less radical in my yeah. you know, thinking of uh, the way I thought about uh, politics. And, and uh, it did, I agree um, with, uh, with you, Pearson, when you, when you say that it kind of introduces some of those themes of anarchism or kind of at least puts that word out there or, or, or something and, and, and kind of introduces that um, in, a, in an interesting way that kind of sticks with you. But I also um, I, I feel like it is a confused film when it comes to the politics. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And you know I think that they very often I I've only read as far as the source material goes. I, I've I'm not a huge comic book uh, guy, but I read 
I think the first four or five issues that I could find of, of this, um, just to just to kind of and you know just kind of quickly read through, uh, just to have some idea of, of of how different they were. You studious um, son of a gun. I mean, I tried. <laughs> you know, I didn't get all the way through, but um, I just wanted to have some sort of reference and and. Uh, and it does seem that that it's pretty different. And I also heard that that Alan Moore just didn't even watch this movie. I don't think he does any um, of them. Well, I think really? he, I think he watched a couple ah. of them, and then he said that he wasn't going to watch this one because the others. He he was just consistently disappointed by what Hollywood does with his work. So okay, um, he just wasn't going to. He was just going to give this to him and let him do what they wanted to do with it. But it it wasn't really going to have anything to do with 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 his work. You know, okay. it was. Gonna, it was going to be something kind of uh, separate, I guess. Uh, so I think he kind of just turned his back on it entirely. Never, never really wanted to claim it. Uh, but I, I get that, and uh, I feel like uh, now, uh, overall, I see it as kind of an action movie superhero thing. Um, you know, mentioning Batman that that feels. Um, about right, you know, yep. in, in that sense. Um, and 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 the thing is, this is it really. It seems this is all kind of predicated upon uh, delving deeper into a political understanding of of, of anarchism. And uh, it, it, unfortunately, it, it only goes so deep, you know. Um, they agreed. There are a lot of kind of misunderstandings and mischaracterizations, and. Uh, then also just some things that are just a little bit shallow, you know, in in the mm-hmm. sense of uh, really their their definitions or, or explanations of why things are occurring. And of course, we'll get into that. Um, but it, it is a, a, a you know a, a bit of a mess in that sense. Um, but uh, and and I think it's an issue that the uh, the screenplay and and the directing and everything allowed that to be there. You know. Yeah. Um, it in a sense kind of I'm not sure how seriously they took the politics of the film I almost feel like the politics were like a prop or something uh, which is just agreed no I think that's a perfect way of putting it so, mm-hmm. so you know I was a little bit disappointed in that because mm-hmm. um, that's the you know it's a, you know a prop the kind of like a just an excitement thing and, and a just a even though so much of it seems to be predicated upon that it's it's uh it's it's not really explored. It's it's just kind of used and, and thrown away, and and that's disappointing. So you know, uh, we're going to some one hundred percent agree. Yeah, I I think you're just going to get that with any. Um, I I believe that that Alan Moore himself uh, kind of uh, claims himself as a as an anarchist. I don't I don't know like too much about that. I I saw this one video that that like he was like kind of staunchly defending it so i i guess he at least knows what he's talking about um so maybe that's where uh again i can't relate to the to the source material uh i don't know how much if if like the the source material was like truer to what like actual anarchism is um i wouldn't say it was truer per se um it it 
he did like a thing where he took he made V essentially the whisker throwing Molotov cocktail throwing anarchist that was um, so maligned in you know the 20th century you know um, and, and sort of made V this sort of uh, haymarket martyr rather than like an actual um, you know nuanced sophisticated like character that explored the philosophy and the idea um of anarchy but um there he is much more explicit i mean the the film never uses the word anarchy or anarchism whereas the um graphic novel does explicitly on several different occasions right right yeah. uh, and and i think anything that makes its way to hollywood that's that's like even kind of halfway political like like to to better say like if if alan moore used like a a a kind of watered down uh more palatable version of anarchy then then um hollywood's gonna just water that down even more and it's it's just gonna be just this weird kind of amalgamation of of super soft politics that doesn't rock the boat too much yeah and i think that uh Right. I, I I don't know if it's uh it's possible to get a a really really you know pure and effective um you know uh, revolutionary character or perspective uh, fully fleshed out in a in a in a you know big Hollywood film because it kind of threatens so much of of the the status quo and. Um, the 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 general industry and state and and everything so it's like i'm not sure that they really have any interest in uh, educating anyone on you know so like i'm not sure that's any any motive of of anyone uh in that industry at all so um i just think we have to understand that that's that's not that's not a place they're working from you know i don't think they have any any motives to do that Well, I would add to that that any time that Hollywood does pick up a story with any sort of, you know, political meaningfulness, they will either, like you said, water it down or it's about aliens. And it's so, like, depersonalized from our reality that it's, like, only acceptable to the viewer because it's taking place in a world that's completely different from our own. Like, like with Star Wars, you know, we have a story that is, you know, very, like, pro-working class. And yet it's being distributed by Disney. And you guys actually talked about that a little bit on your um, solo episode, which I really appreciated. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And, uh, yeah, I think you mentioned that on, on yeah, about Disney yeah, and the kind of exploitation. I mean, they're, they're just as guilty as, like, they'll, they'll make a fucking movie about, like, how it's so wrong. But, I mean, they, mm-hmm. they, they benefit right. from it so much. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's yeah. I have I have comrades here in uh, in uh, the Central Florida area who I mean Disney is uh, I think we've said this before Disney is right in our backyard and um, I have I have some comrades who have specifically mm-hmm. been organizing or, or at least helping organize and lend um, you know mutual aid and solidarity to 
folks that are protesting for a union at Disney. Um, and they have been met time and time and time again by strike breakers, by, um, you know, stalling, by hand wringing. And it's, it's, it's deeply ironic that Disney would create or at least allow a film like Solo with, an, an, and I would argue, an explicitly um, pro-working class uh, message um, embedded in one of its subplots to, uh, you know, go to, you know, to be shot and, and shown all across the world for sure yeah great points all around and i think that's super super important that we that we you know have that perspective and and approach it from that uh from that place because um i think that's just uh you know they don't have any reason to want to you know um inform or educate a uh you know working class uprising so um because uh, you know, obviously that wouldn't work in their favor. But yeah. but I think it's great that somebody's organizing on the ground like that. That's what it takes. Um, so uh, let's talk a, bit, a little bit about the uh, the writing and the kind of screenplay. I know we mentioned the source material and and uh, some of the writing uh, in our overviews. Um, Y'all have you know favorite lines or you know just just kind of uh, things that stuck out to you that you'd like to mention. We'll just kind of go around. Why don't you start us off, Bree? Um, okay. Uh, well, I mean, I definitely love that uh, V quotes Emma Goldman uh, towards the beginning of the film when he says yep. a revolution without dancing is a revolution not worth having. Um that was really fucking cool. Um, it, it is, like Pearson said earlier, like it is a movie that is full of little zingers and great little uh, little quips. Um, there's another line that I uh, really loved, and it's a scene in the scene where uh, the doctor, Dr. Delia, when he is he has poisoned her, and she, she's like, oh, is it is it too late for an apology? And um, he's like, oh, never. Um, I really I really appreciated that little line. Um, so there's just there's yeah, so I agree. Good ones. Um, I mean, my my favorite and my favorite scene uh, um, is uh, with um, the letter that V and Evie receive um, and the quote. Our integrity sells for so little, but it is all we really have. It is the very last inch of us, but within that inch, we are free. And that has always been something that has been deeply, deeply, profoundly inspiring to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Bree said, there are so many different, like, amazing quotes. Like, um, people should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of the people. Um, artists use lies to tell the truth, while politicians use lies to cover the truth up. God is in the rain. Like, there's just so many great. Um, there's like the one about symbols. I, I, I want to look it up real quick because it's. I want to. I want to quote it. Um, symbols can be destroyed. It's V for Vendetta. I should have written it down. Give me one fo- second. Sorry, guys. Um, let's see. Um, a building. A building is a symbol, as is the act of destroying it. Um, I that 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 idea of like. Um, you know, political violence is like really powerful, and mm-hmm. um, I think you know the the idea of destroying a symbol is is something that is enshrined in um, a lot of the work that the left does. Whether it's anything uh, you know like flag burning, whether it's the Iron Front covering up swastikas with the three um, air like the three arrows, whether it's um, you know the the idea of of like destroying or or um, 
you know, demolishing symbols and vestiges of authority and hierarchy and dominance and instead creating new ones is, I think, a really abiding principle of um, anarchism specifically, but of leftism, you know, more generally, of, like, needing to destroy before we can uh, have the space to create. Yeah, I think that's very interesting, and uh, and I, I, I love how they kind of... Uh, and I don't know if we should credit um, the film um, and and the, the screenwriters with this, or or more with uh, Alan Moore, but uh, they they do kind of weave in those themes, um, at least to some degree, those political themes in the 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 writing and the dialogue and all pretty well. You know, even if they don't mm-hmm. necessarily develop the politics and the characters to, to an extent where we may want them to, I think there are those uh, lines that, that, that mean something um, that are filled with, you know, that have that weight to them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what do you have, Mitchell? I think that's a credit to I think that's a credit to the Wachowski brothers writing. Um, the Wachowski brothers were the ones who uh, wrote and directed The Matrix, I believe, um, and I know that they've always been deeply invested and interested in philosophy. You know, in the Matrix series, Cornell West appears um, because they fucking love Cornell West and wanted him to be in a movie, and that's fucking rad. Um, and so, like, I think that that's a credit to the Wachowski brothers more than anything. Like, I don't think the direction of the film was that good. Um, I think the script left a lot to be desired, but I think that um, the aspect of the script that are good can uh, can and should be mentioned and I think that that is you know can be um, accurately uh, attributed to the um, Wachowski brothers imagination and commitment to you know exploring um, interesting types of philosophy that they have done consistently in their in their films for better or worse yeah yeah I agree uh, yeah so oh, I'm sorry go ahead Bree were you yeah, I was just going to say, like, every bit of dialogue in this movie is so cleverly written. Um, I, th- I mean, overall, it's a very cleverly written film. Um, and that's the one thing that I can say above all else that um, was done really well is it was just, it was witty and it was smart and it was engaging. Um, one of mine is is uh, when he breaks into the uh, TV station and and he's given his monologue there uh he goes on to say that i know why you did it i know why you were afraid war terror disease there was a myriad of problems which conspired to corrupt you and rob you have your reason fear got the best of you and in your panic you turned to chancellor adam sutler um at the time i, I believe this was released in 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 2005 um so Correct. i i uh I'm pretty sure this was like a the a, a movie that was kind of aimed at like the time in America, just set in in, in Britain or Britain, uh, yeah, uh, sorry, Britain uh, <laughs> or Eng- England. Fuck me, my goodness, I am. You gonna you gonna get it on track? Buddy. Yeah, I'm tongue tied as hell today. Uh, so it was it was set in Great Britain, um, but I I think it was supposed to be kind of a a. Uh, critique of of the the bush administration um and uh it 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 really did like kind of um go against like what what they were doing at the time and uh i i I really think it like mirrors the trump administration today is uh if if not more because there's just um bush had his 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 
problems and was fucking terrible. But I I don't know. I I, I just think there's something like ten times worse with with Trump and everything that's going on now. And uh, I, I yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah, 100%. I think the 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 points that you made are even more salient today than they were when this film just first came out mm-hmm. 13 years ago or whatever it was. I will say though that the the like surveillance state uh, sort of directly, very very directly parallels sort of life in post 9/11 America during the time that this movie came out for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, and I and I totally agree with that, and and uh, I even have in the uh, in my notes here a, a little bit of um, of the surveillance state slash media national security, all of that. Uh, really felt Bush administration. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just it really felt Homeland Security, NSA, all that kind of like you know, uh, it, it definitely reflected that. So that's that's something that I think will be stamped with with the, the that very specific time period. Yeah, for sure. And and my my second other favorite quote is uh, when she's. Um, She's been captured and she's about to get executed. I I just really loved the line. Uh, I, I'd rather die behind the chemical sheds. There it was. Mm. It was just like there's just something so empty about um, chemical sheds that it, and it was just visceral and and just empty about it. I don't know. It just it, it just struck me as as something like a, a, a something like Che would say or or or, or yeah, some, absolutely. some some other figure of of a. Uh, revolutionary idea that that would um die for for such a thing and and uh just behind some like just random meaningless building but it's it i don't know it, it just really struck me yeah the, yeah no i absolutely agreed yeah for sure the the the, the, the chemical shed part it, it it does have a certain weight to it yeah um I, I would say that you know the writing was pretty solid um I, I agree with with what everyone said about that. Uh, I think the right off the bat, um, uh, Natalie Portman's character Evie, uh, her opening monologue or whatever uh, you'd like to call it, has some good stuff. I think uh, maybe it 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 romanticizes uh, the whole Guy Fox thing a, a bit much, but we can get into that in a little bit. But I think the the part where uh, she says, uh, quote, you can't kiss an idea, you can't touch it or hold it. Ideas do not bleed. Um, I think that's interesting, and I liked that a lot. Uh, it, 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 yeah, it's definitely interesting, and I know you want to, we can talk, we can definitely talk about this more, but one of the, it, it also struck me as like profoundly like self contradictory because I think one of the most like, also moving moments in the scene in, in the in the film is when the final confrontation when do we do spoilers uh, I, I can't remember do you do you guys do spoilers or do we just assume folks have seen the movie this movie's been out since um, 2006 yeah and I usually <laughs> yeah, so, I, I usually just let them know it's coming you know like we're about to hit you with it yeah so yeah so deal with it, you know? in, in the grand finale when, when V has been shot over and over and over again and he, he says why won't you die and he says because uh, because ideas are bulletproof and like that fucking line is so goddamn like awesome it's it's just so powerful mm-hmm. and so amazing and it reminds me of like that Shea quote um, the, his his last words shoot me and you'll only kill the, shoot, shoot coward you'll only kill the man um and like that like that idea of being able to like become greater than oneself and 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 
you know, that, that opening monologue to me is somewhat problematic because it relies on that sort of great man of history kind of thing where she's like, I, and, and also gets into this weird, like romantic bullshit that I want to talk about where she's like, Oh my mm-hmm. God, I lo- like, I love him. And it's like, that was not <laughs> the point. Like the point was for him to destroy us, like a building as a symbol and to, to create, uh, to create, to create the conditions to, um, you know, create a, a proletariat revolution. And, and I think that, um, I, I agree, like, it's it's beautiful and it's well-written, but I think that inter- it has internal contradictions, you know what I mean? Um, especially with the shortcomings of the romantic subplot, um, which I'm sure Brie uh, can, can go off on here in, in a little bit. I know she's excited to talk about that in particular. <laughs> yeah, no, and I couldn't agree more, and I have... Uh, already have in, in in my notes that I want to kind of delve into the those kinds of contradictions and something that 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 bothered me about it you know as a standalone line it it does have some poetry to it but there are a lot of those in this film that I think uh, you'll know, reach a little bit for for a poetic effect or something uh, and the politics suffer because of it you know the 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 philosophy Agreed. the philosophy behind it the politics. They suffer and they are sacrificed for that reach towards something poetic or clever or whatever. So, as a as a standalone line, I am interested in that line, especially in the first few minutes of a film. Um, but I'm just as critical of it as I am, you know, kind of entertained by it and interested. So, I couldn't agree more. And I and I uh, I, I have exactly that critique uh, as well because. There's this other contradiction in, in kind of the, the philosophy of it, which is, and, and I want to get into this here in a little bit um, more, but I'll just mention it real quick, that there's such a contradiction and a, like a push and pull between m- kind of materialism and idealism in this film. It's like, is it the idea and is it the romance and is it the poetry that's going to save everybody and that's going to power this whole fucking thing? Or is it the things that we're actually going to do? You know, is it like the material conditions that have given rise to this? Um, and, you know, so it's like I, I think there are some real contradictions philosophically there as well. And so, you know, when she's talking about that, I think it, it's, it's, it's romanticizing and kind of sensationalizing a lot of things and uh, probably taking them out of context to 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 kind of reach towards that poetic effect. So uh, I I couldn't agree more, and I'm 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 you know I feel pretty critical of it as well. Uh, so I think that's a great point. And uh, as far as the uh, another favorite line, I would say that uh, I liked uh, I, I had written down the one uh, that you did, Mitchell. That starts with I know why you did it. I know you were afraid and all that. Yeah. Um, so I'll just say this other one, I think it was when the prisoner who was there before um, Evie was or whatever, yeah. Valerie, mm-hmm. right? Um, this was a little bit, I don't know if that was like a liberal flaw to an extent or a little bit liberal-minded, but uh, I, did, I did appreciate the line. I remember when different became dangerous. I thought that was a cool line. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I just think it has that again, that kind of like political thing and that weight to it, but it doesn't, you know, really flesh it out enough. But uh, 
but I, I thought it was you know another one of those good kind of one-liner things. But overall, I, I don't think that the script is like you know or the film is politically ineffective. Um, it, I think it does hit on some important things along the way. Rocky is the road maybe to get to them, you know. Yeah. Um, but but there are some of those lines and uh, and I think it certainly. You know, with the source material and, like you said, the kind of the Wachowski brothers uh, steering it in one direction or the other, I think there are attempts at really uh, highlighting things, important things. So, yeah, absolutely, I agree one hundred percent. So, how about the uh, the visual, the cinematography, directing, kind of all of that, all of that stuff? Do you have a favorite scene, um, or you know, a favorite visual or anything like that? I do, I do. Um, <laughs> I really okay. So when Chancellor Sutler is on the big screen, very big brother esque, and he's sort of speaking to his um his minions, um, it reminded me. I if y'all are any of y'all fr- fans of uh, the Twilight Zone. No, no, no. I can't. Oh. See okay, it's well, been so well, long like since this- I've seen any, any of them. <laughs> I I have watched some of them though. Gotcha. Well, there that scene just like gave me very, very uh, strong Twilight Zone vibes, and I mean, you know, it gave you that sort of feeling of Big Brother. Like it was very cool how it was shot and how when it would, you know, cut to each of sort of the minions in the chairs, it would have the spotlight on them, and I, I really liked how that scene was shot. And there is a Twilight Zone episode um, called "The Obsolete Man" that it directly reminded me of, and it's one of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes. So y'all should all check it out. But yeah, I loved that. I loved how those scenes were shot yeah that's really cool i think they 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 did well to highlight the like big talking head kind of figures Mm -hmm. you know at different places so um totally agree great point yeah i my favorite scene i think i already mentioned it my favorite scene is the valerie flashback um that's always just been so fucking powerful to me um and her um, commitment to like an like her her that romantic subplot seemed much more meaningful and much more developed, even though it was so much shorter than the overarching subplot between Evie and, and V. Um, Valerie's right. uh, a romantic romance with her partner, um, albeit it falls into the sort of um, flaw where in so many queer characters, like their romances end in tragedy. That's like a flaw, um, like a really big flaw yeah. in so many of like popular cinema. And we can talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think that that scene is incredibly well shot. Like the sweeping scenes of like the riots, the the, the beautiful uh, sunset, and with the the, fl- the flickering cloth um, at, that that's being hung out to dry, um, the, the their first kiss, uh, the way that it's written, uh, it's just it's it's a gorgeous scene, and and um, like I said, it, I'm 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 biased towards that one in particular because it has my favorite uh, line that, that that line about integrity um, embedded within it, and I th- just think that that's such a um, you know riveting and and, and powerful scene. Um, I also really liked um, the acting between Natalie Portman and Hugo Weaving. I thought they were both, they had some really good chemistry on, on screen, um, uh, for better or for worse. Um, the uh, moments where, uh, after Evie realizes that V was a fucking asshole and, and manipulated her and, um, you know, staged this entire uh, situation where she was, you know, in, in 
you know, incarcerated and put into a black box. Um, the, when she, you know, steps out into the rain and the, the there's like the slow motion fall of the rain falling on her and she's like holding out her arms and crying from both like, um, you know, relief and joy and, and anger and fury and, and um, remembering God is in the rain, um, like is a, is a really powerful scene and just the cinematography. Um, and that particular scene is, is really powerful. Um, I liked... Uh, when Bree and I watched this movie together uh, last week, um, I love the scene where V appears behind Prothero in the TV when Prothero is like in the in the shower talking and, and like yes. monologuing in the shower, and and we were like, I bet you Donald Trump does that shit. Like I bet you he like stands <laughs> in the shower with a TV and just fucking like monologues to himself. Um, and it, it, you know, it struck that sort of vein um, uh, uh, streak that I thought was um, you know really powerful. Um, the domino scene was gorgeous where he flicks the domino and it mm-hmm. makes the um the v symbol um i love the symbol or the, the where uh, v plays the concerto from the rooftops before blowing up the the bailey um yeah, i love the final scene where everybody oh yeah, yeah i love the i love scene. the yeah it's really cool and like just his like witticisms and their interactions and she's like what's going on this is cool and he's <laughs> like yeah i'm gonna blow up a building what's up <laughs> uh, and uh <laughs> Yeah, and, like, how he's, like, waving his, like, he, like, you know, creates a, a wand and is, like, conducting, and, and it was just really funny and powerful and cool. Um, and, and yeah, I think those are some of my favorite, like, scenes and, like, specifically, like, uh, like shots and cinematography in, in the in the movie um, of, of, like, the rain falling, the, the, the domino scene, um, the, the shots of um, Valerie and, and her partner um, and their moments um, together, fleeting though they may, may have been. Um, those were some of the most gorgeous mm-hmm. moments in, in this movie that I think has a lot of really good shots. Like, I, I think that um, if we're going to talk about, you know, this movie's strengths as well as its weaknesses, I... I I, I genuinely think one of its strengths is its cinematography. I think I was there are several moments that really stick out to me and are, are incredibly visually powerful. For sure, absolutely. I uh, I, I think um, my my three favorites are are uh, also coincides with with uh, yours, Pearson's. Uh, the the obviously the the playing the concerto on the on the rooftop, uh, the the domino scene is fucking amazing and then i uh i really like how um when the 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 second time the fireworks are going off one of the one of the last ones is is the the two red ones splitting apart and making the v um and the and the black of the night against the red fireworks i'm always a sucker for for the color combination of red and black so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's just there's just something fucking cool about red and black being together so uh the 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 two uh the dominoes and then the 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 v and the and the black of the night was was just fucking cool to me i'm also simple i like dominoes and fireworks <laughs> hey the, those are beautiful things so i think i think we, we can all agree on that um speaking of which like uh, and also speaking of like the power of symbols and also the power of destroying symbols um since that's one of the motifs of this film, did you guys notice that the V is basically like the the punk anarchy A, just like turned upside down and without the horizontal crossbar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that I mean, like that's pretty much like when when I got the idea um, to because because I, I I'd spent a, a good while thinking of like a, a movie on on what I wanted to uh, hit you up hit y'all up about, and then um, I did some search about like. 
best movies on political stuff and and v for vendetta came up and i was like that v is that's an upside down anarchy thing i i i, I bet since since brie and and pearson are anarchists that that might be the one so uh yeah i mean it, it's basically yeah. what, what uh got me to to hit y'all up about specifically doing uh v for vendetta Right on. Well, I'm glad. I, I I'm glad to hear it. Um, we're again thrilled so to be on. It's, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad that uh, it's nice to know that uh, the the first thought when you see an anarchy a is oh we should invite Pearson and Breon because that would be fun to talk about <laughs> this movie together. So yeah, definitely flattering and and heartwarming. So thanks for that. Of course. Um. Yeah, I, I think y'all covered it. I mean, I, I think that, you know, I just have a list here, and the uh, explosions in the beginning form in the V covered that. Um, the, uh, I think probably, Sorry. oh, you're good. Uh, I think probably, um, you know, it's really interesting after the rain, you know, how they kind of like, when she walks out into the rain, and they, they, they shot it as this kind of I felt like it was this kind of like awakening for her kind of thing I, I, I thought that was weird I thought it had a weird tone to it there because of like oh, what yeah. she had just been through and the fact that we just learned that that V had been such a dick uh, but it's like you know I don't know if they were kind of trying to cast that in a better light like v, that V was um Absolved of some responsibility for that or something because it led to this greater awakening or something uh, within her. But it was like uh, interesting that I think they paired that with you know flashbacks to him walking out of the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was you know just kind of an interesting visual and uh, and I wasn't entirely sure of what they were getting at as far as the meaning of that uh, because of I think I think what they were getting at. I, oh, sorry. Uh, I, th- I think what they were getting at in that scene specifically was like radicalization, um, for better or for worse. Like a I think baptism. Both. Yeah, a baptism. Like we, uh, V is baptized yeah. by fire, and Evie is baptized by water, and it's this transition into being a radical. And I think that that's one of the the big themes in this movie is how are you radicalized? Um, like what mm-hmm. what moved you to a point where you said enough is enough it's time to fight back um and i think that that's uh one of the the big themes in this movie um that we see again and again and um i i think that's what they were going for i don't know i you know i think that it's possible that the the filmmakers were trying to absolve um v of that and i i think that if so that, that that's wrong because that's what he did to her was barbaric and monstrous and unforgivable um yeah. but at the same time i think that that was the moment that radicalized her because at the same time it was also what radicalized him right like he he uh you know in a very patriarchal and and controlling and non-egalitarian way forced her to experience the same thing that he experienced and while it does radicalize her um i i don't think that that absolves him of doing the exact same fucking evil shit that was done to him like how does that like how is that okay it's it's not um and so uh you know the idea I, to me i read it more of like this was the moment that they were they were radicalized they were baptized if we're if we want to use a more biblical uh terminology which i i think is appropriate and uh, and i think fits in the sort of um kind of messianic vibe that uh, is also um baked into this film as well 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and I agree with that. And I do think that that's kind of like, you know, I say awakening or something. I, I You know, radicalization is really, I guess, what she was kind of like... Um, kind of accepting or something but it, it was like I guess it's just kind of hard to follow it's hard to like be cool with it after you know that after what he just did to her to get yeah, to that point sure. that was like to me I was just kind of like man that's that's rough because it's because it's like you know I'm, I'm just like I can't see this as a good thing necessarily at this point because um, I don't I'm not sure that that's you know the the um, uh, the method was so flawed yeah. that led right, to that right. scene. It was a beautiful scene. Flawed is an understatement. Yeah, and so it's yeah, just like you know to, to 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 get to that that point. I almost thought it was like saying it was worth it or something because it was this beautiful right. scene and and they were uh, you know baptized by by the rain or the fire or whatever you know as you say and, and I I totally agree with that. But I'm just like. Man, I can't shake the, the 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 that troubled thing I was feeling about what it what had just happened to get them there that I couldn't really appreciate. I think what they were getting at in no, that I scene. Agree. Yeah. yeah, I mean, usually it's it's like a, a specific like outside injustice, not something that's like, I mean, maybe something done to you uh, personally, uh, some some sort of miscarriage of of justice. And and, and I do want to get into that. I do want a little bit later. I do want to talk about the radicalization of the two characters. Sure. I think sure. that's important. But. Um, but it's, it's, it's not by a, like a fellow comrade or something, which yeah. is what V was supposed to be. But this has kind of led me to kind of branch out a little bit. Um, I, I didn't really pick up on, on, um, that being like her, her moment of radicalization. But, oh, yeah. uh, but, uh, but, but now I'm kind of curious of like, what is, what is each of our like moment that like, kind of like, um, made the levy break and and what what radicalized y'all in 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 terms of like just being aware like all right this is enough i'm i'm gonna like do something about it that's interesting yeah, question. yeah. Bray, why don't you want to you want to answer first no <laughs> come back to me no <laughs> no okay I'll, I'll, i i i i can go um if that if that if that works for y'all it's okay. No, no, no! It's a good question, That's and I was really thinking, I was thinking it too. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking, I was thinking the same thing. So I'm glad we're on the same page. No, um, yeah, I, I mean, well, I, I guess first of all, I agree with what you were saying earlier. Like, you know, I think the thing that Hollywood gets so wrong is that people aren't radicalized by what happens to them; they're radicalized by what happens to other people. You know, they see mm-hmm. injustice, they see oppression, and that catalyzes something deep and profound inside of them. I think. Um, I think it's true that, you know, people on on the left, regardless of their sort of ideological affinity, tend to be deeply empathetic people, um, people who tend to, um, you know, feel things very deeply and profoundly, and that is what um, elicits such strong opposition when we are confronted by injustice and oppression and um, hierarchy and domination and... Um, so on and so forth and so i think for me there was never a straw that broke the camel's back really but it was a a more of a slow and steady process of moving towards this realization that 
the things that are terrible that are happening in the world are being done by people who have names and who have addresses and those people um, have power um, and that power comes from you know many different areas but um, the, the problem is they use their power not to sh be shared and, and to use to empower others and to liberate others but they use their power instead to dominate and domineer over people um, and I think that you know, if I had to point at a specific moment, um, I would say uh, when I was in high school, um, although I had anti-authoritarian um, tendencies all throughout uh, high school, um, and, and I read uh, V for Vendetta, the, the graphic novel, um, in the uh, summer between my freshman and sophomore year, so when I was 14, um, that was when I started calling myself an anarchist. Um, I didn't really know what that meant or what that looked like, um, and I still had some kind of weird holdover like values um, that I didn't really begin to like actually start to put to rest until I was um, in my senior year of high school when I read um, Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut. And that book yes. really profoundly showed me the power um, and the horror of empire and how, um, you know, the, the so-called just war, um, you know, of World War II, of, of fighting Nazis, was, was heinous and, and barbaric and atrocious and colonial and imperial and, you know, Un unforgivably evil um, like you know the firebombing of Dresden which Kurt Vonnegut experienced and wrote about through the fictional lens of, of Slaughterhouse-Five really impacted me in a really profound way and showed me like just how deep and profound and systemic all these issues were um, and um, you know seeing the way that foreign policy has functioned in the world, continue to function in the world, and the way that uh, American empire has continued to spread um, has really um, fanned the flames um, of my of my radicalization. I think it stems from um, drone strikes. It stems from um, you know even the the so called liberal savior Obama droning weddings and um, you know uh, allowing Saudi uh, our, our Saudi allies to um, you know bomb hospitals uh, like that that kind of thing really fucking radicalizes you and if you don't shy away from that if you really allow yourself to feel that if you allow yourself to look at the images and the bodies of people who, who lie broken and buried in the rubble that shit fucking radicalizes you and I think that all those things kind of together contributed in a really compact way to um, me not just saying that I'm an anarchist, but actually like practicing anarchy in a more, you know, meaningful and intentional way. Yeah. Mike? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with a lot of that because uh, a lot of mine was not a, it was gradual. It wasn't like a, like a, a, a dramatic event or anything that that really was a catalyst for it. Uh, I've I've been interested in politics since I was in high school, um, and I for the last couple of years have worked in um, political organizing on the ground. It's it's uh, my career, and so I've had some different um, I had some different experiences along the way. Uh, that did show me kind of like the power of organizing and the ability of, you know, communities to organize for themselves and uh, get a lot of shit done, you know, just to be plain spoken about it. So that was really encouraging. Uh, and and um, 
and that is uh, even when electoral politics can 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 fail a community, the community um, can still organize for for you know the the, the betterment of, of the community and the individuals within. So that's kind of uh, something that. I've just seen, you know, kind of examples through that that have given me a lot of encouragement in that way. But uh, I think that, that, you know, like you said, Pearson, reading had a lot to do with it. Um, I read Marx pretty early on when I was getting into that stuff, but I didn't, uh, it didn't really make a lot of sense until, uh, and we may be coming at this from a totally opposite perspective, but, you know, I, I call myself a communist, and so... Um, I and I'm, I'm, you know, I would I would say I'm a Marxist-Leninist. So uh, it, it did not click until I read uh, Lenin and I read the State and Revolution and I understood the uh, the the role of the state and um, I think that had a lot to do with with everything kind of clicking um, and that was what made it make a lot more sense to me. Um, and so less about right, a, right kind of a dramatic uh, or, or a kind of catalyst like in the film, much more just kind of like working with people on the ground and meeting a lot of people who were members of their community who were able to, you know, affect change by organizing uh, around an issue or something. Um, and just reading, you know, just kind of putting the pieces together because um, I, I came from, I guess, uh, you know, uh, the, it's so naturally, um, and you were, I feel like we're conditioned to be kind of reactionary, uh, and especially in the South, like, it's kind of like, you know, very much, it's kind of a default setting that you're kind mm -hmm. of a right-wing reactionary individual on so many issues just by, just to, to begin with, um, <laughs> if you kind of... If you kind of begin where your parents or grandparents do, which is what you hear growing up, you know. So um, I knew I wanted to break out of that, and I knew that liberalism was the opposite of that in a sense, uh, or at least that's kind of what I how I pictured it then. And you know, just kind of the Democratic Party opposite of the Republican Party, and sure. you know, so it's like um, I kind of I guess started there and just knew that that wasn't entirely, you know, that wasn't the entire picture. Uh, and just kept working my way left and kind of continually radicalizing uh, just, you know, as I read and as I kind of met people and, and, and um, came to understand that there's a, a, a greater power within that than um, any real, like, bourgeois political movement. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm more kind yeah. of a... Uh, I'm, I'm a baby in, in, in my uh, radicalization. Um, I I only discovered um, what it means to be a communist, and uh, and kind of it, it, I guess it was yesterday uh, a, a year ago that that yeah. we went to uh, the protest um, to to uh, after Charlottesville. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. The, the day of Charlottesville or whatever. Um, I, one of Mike's friends is is also a, a a communist and and mike didn't really like um kind of like he he, he didn't like really like he i didn't push it on you yeah you, you, didn't he didn't push it on uh, on me or, or whatever uh, for, for lack of a better term um 
but but we always had like conversations and and I came to him like kind of like vaguely anti Obama in 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 some sense of the word um not really but but from a like from like a uh, not from a leftist perspective, but from like a reactionary perspective. Sure, kind of. yeah. Because um, that's just the general rhetoric around here, right? That's yeah, funny. yeah, pretty much. Um, and and every like argument that that or not argument, it it, it was wasn't even like debate really. I would be like, well, what about this? And and Mike would just have a, the logical fucking answer for everything that I threw at him. Um, and I, I'm just one of those people that that accepts facts for for what they are like uh, it's weird to me like how all these people that like get hit with these facts are like no that's that no that's wrong that fuck no that's wrong i i just i'm that's uh it's fake news yeah exactly i i i don't i don't get having that mentality if if you if you hit me with something that's that's like way more logical than than what i thought I'm just going to accept it for what it is and I'm wrong and I'm I'm like okay with myself to admit that I'm wrong and every time that that I would bring something to Mike he he just he'd prove me wrong on it um and so that kind of like I mean I think that takes courage I think that takes courage so like that's like commendable like it takes courage to admit when oh, you yeah. fuck up or when you're wrong like that's not an easy thing to do I so I think you might be a uh, you know, selling yourself a little bit short there. Like that that's a, you know, like most people, like even people on the left have a really fucking hard time with doing engaging in self crit. So like I mean, I think that's commendable. Well yeah. thank you. Absolutely. Uh, and I and I and I, I agree because, you know, and it's like there there were people that we knew that were on the left that would try to just shove it down your throat too. Yeah. And that's and that didn't work either. So like, you know, rather than beating you over the head with it, when you had a question I just tried to answer it. And yeah, you I mean, were that's... really level headed about you know the discussion and that goes a long fucking way yeah because like you want to learn and you want to know um because we all still have so many questions about all of this stuff i mean it's 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 just like if you approach it with a level head no matter what position you're in it you know it's just got so much better yeah for sure so so then like once i got past like my my vague right wing kind of ideas or whatever um, I, I, uh, another friend of mine kind of showed me who Bernie was and, and by that time he was gaining a lot of steam. And then a little bit after that is, 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 uh, I started like asking Mike so much since he's a, the wealth of fucking knowledge, it seems, um, or you're, it, you're a sweetheart. <laughs> thank you. Um, and, and so I, I, I got into Bernie a little bit and, uh, and then Charlottesville happened and I I met our friend who who is a an open communist and and uh, on the car ride back I I said something about um uh something about the the cops and them thinking uh, we were liberals or whatever and and our friend was like I ain't no fucking liberal <laughs> it's like yeah he was just, <laughs> like, he was he, really quick to, to to separate the two and that's something that is uh you know you don't necessarily know if you're kind of lo- outside looking in just discovering all of this stuff that i guess you know like i said you just think that like and i guess people on the right too think that like if you're if you're a democrat and you voted for obama you're a communist like, yeah i don't i don't know like it's, it's just like <laughs> 
Well, it's because they have no idea of the spectrum of politics. Like, the, the, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party are just the center. Like, they're literally just, like, opposite sides of the center. And, and really, really that's, not, that's, that's more generous than in reality because really they're just, uh, you know, the, 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 the liberals, the Democratic Party in the United States is kind of slightly, like, right of center. And then the Republicans are, like, far, far right of center at this point. And so, like, you know, really their, their conception of, like, the wealth and bevy of politics is, is so narrow and so uh, poor that it's, it's, it's gobsmacking, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and when you have a candidate like uh, like a Bernie Sanders or something that has used the word socialism in, in, in some context and they think he's like a far-left radical when he's just a little bit closer to the center than the other, you know, like liberal Democrats are, you know? Yeah. Like he's just, yeah. he's a little bit more in the center than, um, you know, not 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 on the far left. Nope, like, no, <laughs> so no, it's like, no, definitely not. No. Not like how... By any estimation. And, and I mean, I you know, full disclosure, like I worked for Bernie, so I, uh, when I was younger in, in, in 16, but, uh, or in 15 and 16, uh, so I'm not trying to shit on Bernie or anything, but... Uh, but it was a really there was that's okay you can shit on bernie i'll i'll, I'll forgive you I, i'm all right with it i shit on bernie all the time so you're <laughs> fine you're fine <laughs> uh, um, the, but there are you know what about you brie how are you radicalized oh sorry what were you going to say something I, i'm sorry i cut you off oh yeah yeah i mean I, uh, basically from there it i um i he he kind of scoffed at at uh bernie being like quote unquote the far left and i that that really confounded me um, and and I was like, well, how do you Scott like Bernie does seem pretty far left, um, and it, it just really confounded me. And and I started doing research after that, um, and and I've, I've I've worked my way to to pretty much being like a Maoist. Um, so yeah, Bree. Yeah. Do uh, do you want to talk about yours now? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Um, <laughs> um so. I grew up pretty working class. Um, you know, I wouldn't describe my parents as leftist, but I would definitely describe them as left-ish. Um, and, you know, we weren't in abject poverty by any means, but, like, I have memories of, like, going to Amscot after school with my dad because we had a flat tire. And, you know, just little things like that. And then, you know, sort of as I grew up I realized that you know we were we were kind of poor and you're looking into that from that sort of point of view it's like well why you know my, my parents are at work all the time like you know I can't do anything after school because I have to watch my siblings because my parents are literally always at work like why is it that you know we have to just have toast like for three meals a day until you know somebody gets a paycheck like it like things like that that it was just sort of caused me to be like you know, why is this like this and um you know I too fell into the sort of trap I, I feel like my whole development has sort of been this sort of slow march left um that's kind of put me to where I am now and when you know I was younger as you guys have already talked about it was like there are two choices and it's either Republican or Democrat and you know, even when I was sort of buying into that as a you know adolescent it, it all sort of felt dirty like nothing sat right with me like I there was a I knew from you know a very young age that I didn't like cops and um, things like that that from sort of the and so looking at the Democratic uh, Party that didn't 
sit right with me. There was a whole lot I just like wasn't sort of happy with. And then you know I got to college and uh, it I started to read. You know like Pearson Vonnegut was huge for me. Um, uh, also reading Orwell uh, was really big for me, and it all just sort of spiraled from there. And even still, it was sort of like I was like a sort of closeted radical, and I kind of shut off my political brain for a while because I think sometimes we do that as like survival. Um, and it wasn't until I met you know other people that you know actually had sort of they had communities and they were sort of building their own uh, sort of community structures sort of outside of the the paradigm that I've been presented with my whole life that I sort of realized like, hey, there are other people that um, feel this way. There are so many other people that feel this way. And, you know, we're not alone. And it's not crazy. And it's communism is not a dirty word. And anarchism is not a dirty word. Um, These are good things. Um, So like you guys have all said, it has been a very sort of slow, slow march. And then, you know, with everything that has been happening, you know, since 2016 till now, it's just sort of become that much more important for me to talk about it and be open. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think that makes a, a whole lot of sense. I mean, I think, um, you know, both Mitchell and I uh, very much relate to the growing up kind of working class. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I think that's, you know, that 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 always keeps me, you know, kind of s- like, um, I guess it's kind of like the thing that keeps me focused on and like appreciating the fact that I feel like I'm finally somewhere near the right place. I mean, we're always growing and evolving, but as long as it's like, you know, um, kind of working class based and deals with the liberation of the working class I'm I'm you know I think that's a pretty good place to be now that that can get um, complicated too but I mean mm-hmm. I think that's something that I really really relate to so I completely agree not yeah, yeah. yeah. I appreciate oh, yeah. everybody yeah. sharing that too that's, yeah yeah that was great that love, was great love getting to know y'all too I feel so close to all of you yeah <laughs> 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 Do we want to talk about Sharing some of the, the other other <laughs> themes um, that we saw, saw in the movie? Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, you know, just moving moving on, kind of like picking up there. Uh, let's just you know talk a little bit about like uh, since we're basically there anyways. The 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 way that they're radicalized is really kind of interesting to me. Uh, his backstory being kind of the man from Room Five or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, you know. It's like this this thing gone wrong that creates this anti government thing in, inside of him, I guess. And that's that's to me, it, it it's not quite the way it works. And I, I I think that sharing what we all just did kind of shows that uh, you know it's a very individual take. And I think that when you said for great sure, great sure. man theory uh, earlier. You hit the nail on the head because it really idealizes uh, at the beginning the you know it really idealizes that that character it really idealizes um, and and kind of romanticizes um, uh, V as kind of a another incarnation of Guy Fox or something yep. um, 
and uh, carrying on that tradition or something, but uh, it's much less focused on any of the traditions or any of the uh, societal impacts and much more on uh, the kind of eccentric character that V is and the the uh, the way that, that, that Evie is portrayed, which I'm not you know, I don't think is entirely uh, above board. It doesn't really check out for me because she's kind of like a, I don't know how to say this, but kind of in distress, you know, and like this this distressed yes, character that, sure. that's like needs saving and everything. And I and I just think that's you know that's typical, but it's 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 very flawed. And uh, she needed this guy, you know, to come along and and fucking you know t- t- take her without her consent and. You know, essentially enslave her and torture her and put her through all this shit to for you know that 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 apparently was the only way she was going to come out the other side. Some radical that could affect change um, the way he saw, which, which is bullshit. Well, yeah, how else yeah. would they have a female character? Yeah, sure. So <laughs> it's like you know, I mean, it's just that the way that they were each radicalized just bothers me because. Uh, it just doesn't ring true to me. And instead of understanding that the, sure. it doesn't, you know, instead of understanding the politics at play and the fact that there are systemic issues that require large scale revolutionary action to, um, you know, take care of, uh, I, it, so much of it has to do with the individual, you know, and, and, and I just think that's flawed. And I think that he was impacted on an individual basis and we are all yes autonomous individuals but at the same time i mean um i just it, it doesn't make enough sense to me that he has this basically he has this grudge against the government or something um uh, as an individual because they did him wrong in some way and in his past and that's why he that's what all this is about and not about some greater thing so yeah it, it's it's not even about 100 it's not even about like the 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 um trying to get justice for the folks that were that were like in there with him it's it's mainly you guys burn the fuck out of me with your shitty ass experience or experiments i'm gonna get y'all back yeah that's that's like pretty much all it was. It, it it wasn't for like the liberation of 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 people. It wasn't for like justice for the other folks that were in there with him that ex- that uh, even died. Like he lived. And uh, in that way, it's just empty and it just lacks that depth, you know. Yeah, which I yeah. I think. I th- yeah, I mean, it's literally in the title. It's V for Vendetta. He's mm-hmm. literally out for Vendetta. He's not. It's it's not V for victory. It's not V for liberation. It's it's V for Vendetta. It's it's rooted in revenge, and he only sees suffering and hatred as the way to become radicalized. And I think that that fundamentally misses the point of like how radicalization functions. Um, and it, furthermore, like for someone who like talks about like anarchy or, or or at least alludes to anarchy without talking about it he's patriarchal and, and hierarchical as fuck and and like domineering and he fucking tortures evie and you know the the whole like cabin fever bullshit like romantic subplot is just ugh, it just it's gross and and really you know nasty 
And like, not only that, but he's so mad because they imprisoned him, and here he is imprisoning another human being, like just repeating exactly exactly what was done unto him, you know. And but but since it's for his noble reasons, it's somehow justified, right? And I think that it limits her character so much too, and it just does such a <sighs> such a disservice to her, and and it just doesn't embody any movement i'm you know want to be a part of so no. yeah you know i, I it, just it's very contradictory to the sort of liberatory message that it you feel like it should be should be giving yeah 100% i mean very like politics like sh- yeah, I mean, like, liberatory politics should always be rooted in consent, and she never consents to any of it. And and that's, uh, you know, incredibly problematic and um, not at all indicative of any kind of movement that I want to be a part of or, or any part mm-hmm. of any movement that I have been a part of. Um, you know, people should be able to consensually, like, uh, the, the, the sort of precept of voluntary association is one that's talked about in, um, you know, on the, on the left, um, specifically in, like, anarchist circles – like constantly this idea of like being able to you know associate with people because you choose to and because you can do so in a way that is symbiotic and that is mutual and that um you know directs to the betterment of all even as people continue to act autonomously as individuals um it's sort of this like both and mentality and she does not consent to it and and the fact that she doesn't you know gives the lie to the the sort of patriarchal um you know you know, I, I would I would contend patriarchal and, and sort of sexist message that is implicit in the Hollywood version of this film because it create or the, the Hollywood version of this story because it creates this weird, um, uh, you know, uh, very authoritarian picture of of V that is not uh, in line with the emancipatory um, politics that he um, eloquently espouses. Yeah. Can we actually talk, like, about that, about the way this movie's sort of relationship with women? Of course. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Because I did, I wrote a list, I have a breakdown here of sort of the four um, female characters in this movie, because there are four um, in this whole cast of characters, not including uh, sort of the two randoms uh, that... Uh, Evie works with that in the very beginning. I didn't even remember that they were in the movie until I watched it for the second time yesterday. And she works with two women, and they don't. They talk about like, oh, like going to see Daddy Dietrich or you know whatever. Like it's a kind of a throw. It doesn't scene. pass the Bechdel test. Yeah. I was yeah, just it, about it, to it, say that. <laughs> it doesn't. And honestly, like that, the Bechdel test in and of itself doesn't always sort of discount a movie for me. You know, it doesn't always imply that a movie has sort of positive representation of women or vice versa. Um, However, I feel like in this movie, it's very indicative of a larger pattern. Um, Are you all familiar with the the trope, um, women in refrigerators? No, no. You always tell us about that. I haven't heard about that one. It's, it stems from a comic book, and I'm not sure of the exact comic um, because I'm not a comic person, which I say as I'm currently surrounded by comic books because my partner has their comic books out and, like, all over the room right now. But, um, yeah, so I'm not a comic person, but it comes from a comic book in which um, I forget the exact storyline, but basically the hero's uh, female partner is uh killed and maimed and put in a refrigerator and it spawns the you know male hero off on a 
his vengeance quest. And so that trope is, that's the name of the trope when, you know, women are maimed or murdered and brutalized in order to catalyze, catalyze the male. Um, so that happens a lot in this movie, obviously. Um, the first character I want to talk about is the unnamed little girl with glasses who, I really, like, attached to was that character, like, throughout the movie. Like, she, you know, would come up in these little blips on screen, and she was so, like, precious and just sort of precocious. And when she was, you know, uh, Evie catches her, like, spray painting on the wall, and she's just this, like, badass little kid, and um, she gets fucking shot for some reason, and it's horrible. Um, but she gets shot to sort of further catalyze V's quest. Um so there's her, and then um, next I have uh, Dr. Delia Surridge, the coroner slash uh, Joseph Mengele of the weird uh, prison hospital that V was in. Uh, she, I really disliked how her character was handled simply because when he murders her, when he poisons her, he handles her death in such this like this like delicate, um, sort of gentle handed way compared to his other victims. Um, you know, she's this like gentle lady, even though what she did was, you know, objectively horrible. Like she was literally the Joseph Mengele of this whole operation. Um, and yet he, you know, kills her in a way that's painless and he has sort of this like touching, gentle moment with her. Um, and it just felt weird. Um, you know, he had his like lady gloves on and I didn't want that. It didn't feel satisfying to me. Like, here is this woman who has been performing medical experiments on people, like horrible, horrible, horrible medical experience uh, experiments while surrounded by armed guards. Um, I wanted the knives and shit. Like, it just, <laughs> I felt mad. Yes. I was mad. Um, so, yeah. Give her the guillotine. Right. Yeah. No, totally worthy of the guillotine. Um, and then, of course, you have Valerie, the actress, um, which we've already um, talked a little bit about how much we loved her sequence. But again, she gets killed in the end um, to. Yeah, why? We need to stop killing. Journey. Yeah, we need to stop killing queer characters. Like, let queer characters right. have a happy ending. God damn it! Like, like yeah. why? <laughs> I don't. I don't understand why yeah. queer characters always have to be catalysts for like white male characters to you know quote-unquote learn something about the world like why is it that why why do we have to keep sacrificing you know our queer uh, brothers and sisters and non-binaries to you know satisfy the the you know heroic journey of of our white cisgendered you know male characters like i don't i don't understand why that's a a trope that keeps occurring again and again in popular um literature and popular cinema and it's it's also worth noting that the only uh, two people of color in this movie were the gay unnamed gay men who were also murdered. So I don't know if you guys wanted to add anything to that before I moved on to Evie. Oh no, I think that's great. Okay. Okay, so Evie, I need to like literally put my hair up and like crack my knuckles before I dig into this <laughs> because. Holy shit. I was this made me mad the entire time from the start. Uh, probably the biggest thing um about Evie as a character is that she is literally infantilized 
the entire movie, like the entire story. And part of it is written in there on purpose. Um, you know, she's got the, and I guess it is supposed to be some sort of uh, thing about her character sort of growing up and achieving that radicalization. So she's uh, sort of reliving her childhood in certain ways. So I get that from the writing perspective, but it sort of just reads as gross, patriarchal, uh, paternalizing bullshit. Um, and again, like it's, she's infantilized from the start. She's reliving her childhood. She's crawling under beds just like she did when she was a kid while her loved ones are getting dragged away. Um, She's sheltered by two separate sort of men um, who make her breakfast. I also wrote a note uh, on the side here that it annoyed me that she ate her egg in a nest by picking it up because you can't eat egg in a nest by picking it up because the yolk will go everywhere. I don't know if that bothered anybody. I've never had had (laughs) that, and I never... You've I don't never, know. You've never had egg in a no, nest. No, I don't know. I didn't even know what it is. In fact, I think didn't both of it. Didn't we kind of look at each other and we're like, I'm not really sure what that's about. Yeah, it's just a, oh it, 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 looked, it looked like an egg on a piece of toast. Yeah, I've never <laughs> had that. No, it, it's it must like not you cut a hole in the toast and then you cook the egg in the hole. It's not, I don't oh, know. Wow. Must must yeah. not be a Tennessee thing. Never that's, made it over yeah, here. I don't that's, know. That's revolutionary <laughs> in itself. Yeah, that's disappointing though. <laughs> it's. So fun! I love it in a nest, but she picks it up, and you can't eat it like that because when you get to the, she also only bites the bread part, and she's like, "Mmm, delicious!" And it's like you're eating bread, uh, which bread is delicious, but. Oh, yeah. No, that bothered me on the second time around, but that's just me. (laughs) (laughs) But but she's reliving her childhood in these little moments, right? And, like, watching these movies and, oh, my dad used to say that. And when I was a kid and, um, you know, there's this moment, the moment when she wakes up in the weird underground compound. And I remarked to Pearson, I was like, what kind of like white male nerd fantasy is this that Natalie Portman is waking up in your house and she sees all of your weird shit. And she's just like, Oh my God, it's beautiful. And she just is like, what is all of this? I've never seen art before. (laughs) And it was gross. I felt very grossed out by it. And again, she's literally infantilized when she, puts on the weird fucking costume with the priest. I couldn't, like, I couldn't watch that part. I, I had to, like, look at my phone. I just, ugh, gross. So disgusting. What else? What else have I looked at? Are my, my notes here. I drew a Venn diagram, and it's got three circles, um, and this is regarding her relationship with V. So the Venn diagram has three circles, and the one circle is love interest, and one circle is warden, and then the one circle is father figure. And any intersection of those three things, like any two of those things intersecting is creepy, um, and V lives in the middle. Like, he tries to sort of father her, but also has romantic feelings toward her, and is also like keeping her hostage and it's just a really sort of disgusting combination and it makes me uncomfortable for sure yeah for yeah. sure i mean if if you look up like fucking stockholm syndrome it this Absolutely. this whole that whole situation is 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 it defined to a t it's uh, she 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 gets taken captive, and then she eventually develops feelings for him. One, it, at first, it's to mm-hmm. s- to stay alive, which is 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 part of Stockholm syndrome. But then, like, it's also mm-hmm. just out of a, a some weird fucking affection for him that's just totally weird right. and strange. When he fucking tortured you, yeah, like, and I don't know, that's if that, not okay. <laughs> and I don't know yeah. if 
I don't know if that is supposed to be like alluding to just uh, some sort of magnetism of V or, you know, like some weird thing like that to where it's just like, but he's still so interesting and, and fucking he's so mysterious. Yeah. Whatever that she, <laughs> that she still finds so much affection for it. But it's, it's very strange. Like, and like the opening sequence when she's being harassed by the fingerman and he like steps in and saves her. And there's something just very sort of like neckbeard fedora, like milady about the whole exchange that I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I just couldn't deal with it. Um, and then, you know, again, when they're in the, the news, like film, film building, uh, and there's the altercation there and she, V is fighting the, the cops and she has her little symbolic moment where she like taps the guy on the shoulder and is like, you know, hey, and like has her little and then is immediately knocked unconscious. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what is that? It's just like, oh, silly girl, so cute. You tried to stick up for yourself. But I I agree. The whole I think it's nasty, like when she realizes that he's tricked her and she acknowledges that he's a monster. And then they have this weird exchange where he like wants to dance with her and I I couldn't watch that part either. It just like turned my stomach. It was gross. Yeah. No, there were there were there were at least a few times that that was the case. I mean, it, it's uh there are some some odd things about that mm-hmm. and I and I, I very much appreciate your input on that. That that's uh I think you really hit the nail on the head there and absolutely and, and, and uh really kinda like uh went above and beyond the way you, you uh you had each each of those characters and I, I mean there was so much about that, that I that didn't occur to me um that you've pointed out that you know, and even down to her kind of reliving her childhood so often and so it, it was so many different uh-huh. things. So, um, very, very cool. I, I, I appreciate that. That's, uh, yeah, I, I think yeah. that's great. Um, and, and there was one thing about that, that I, that I did, um, about like the, it's a little bit about the source material, but it's also about like relating to, uh, you mentioned some about her father. Um, but in the, in the comic, I, I, from what I remember, they actually said he was a part of like a socialist group. Or like a socialist revolutionary group, mm-hmm. um, and in the film, they—I don't think they actually say that. I think they kind of say that. They said her parents were activists. Yeah, yeah. They won't say like uh, that he yeah. was like a, a revolutionary or a socialist member right, of a socialist right. uh, organization or anything, which is interesting. But it's just mm-hmm. more of that kind of like uh, you know softening everything up, I guess, or. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and building on that idea too, like I, I, I think I misspoke earlier because I you know, you, you mentioning that reminds me they actually do use the word anarchy in the film. But the thing is it's it happens in a one liner when some rando wearing a, uh, a a guy fox mask storms a grocery store, robs it with a gun, shoots the gun and shouts Anarchy in the UK and then runs out. And like that's <laughs> Not what anarchy is. Like, anarchy is, I mean, 
Yeah, I know. Like stealing shit's all well and good, you know. Reappropriating the mean like goods is, uh, you know, the 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 we've been divorced from our labor. Like you know, stealing's all well and good, but like the whole like I'm gonna shoot a gun at you and and steal from right. this working class like grocery store like under like threat of violence. Like no, like like right. like if we're gonna steal, we should be stealing from fucking Walmart or fucking um you know the 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 like walking into some kind of like other situation where we're not, you know, negatively impacting the working class. Like, there's this, um, you know, very one-sided and one-dimensional portrayal of these different political themes, and, and I think that's a recurring, um, th- like, part of our discussion point. Um, but you mentioning the the whole um, taking out the word socialist and replacing it with activist reminded me of that particular scene. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to interject that. Yeah, please don't harm cashiers, like, they didn't do anything. Yeah, and I mean that's you know, I I I agree. That's that's a it's a great point, and I think that you know another at another point they say like um, I don't I don't remember who it is exactly, but they say like near the end uh, they say this is exactly what he wants chaos. You know, and like I think yeah, it's like the bullshit. investigators, but yeah, or something. But uh, so it's like it, it's again kind of like. Um, just, just, just putting out there that anarchists are like uh, uh, almost like a loose cannon kind of thing, or prefer chaos to anything else, and it's like they just want to blow stuff up. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the 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 famous Chomsky quote, the the famous Chomsky quote of like the fact that like. Uh, yeah, like anarchy does mean chaos, but it does has no relevance to any political like f- form of the word. Like, like yes, like t- textbook dictionary definition of anarchy is one of the definitions is chaos. The other is a political practice that f- is focused on mutual aid and solidarity and all that stuff. Like those are two distinctly different um, things. But you know, power like those in power have made it so that this very threatening idea, the, this idea that I, I contend is you know the most direct threat to state power is maligned as chaotic, as maligned as disorder, when in fact Proudhon uh, wrote Anarchy is the mother of all order. And like the the, the sort of um, uh, dichotomy there, I think, serves the interests of of the powerful and and again gives lie to the sort of Hollywoodization of um, these these more radical messages that are embedded in this film. Yeah, yeah, and and you know when when you talk about the the threat to the state and to the status quo and things like that, I mean it's like it's it's a it's a a very much a uh, a motive it seems for for Hollywood or whatever you know the the money behind it, it, it to uh, show extremes and. Uh, you know, bad interpretations of things like anarchy and revolutionary politics in media because uh, it will reinforce that preference for the way that society is currently organized, uh, which is not in our favor exactly. and it, it serves is the in theirs. Of so, right. So it's a, just reinforcing that. It's reinforcing that the way we're doing it is right and see, this would be the alternative, uh, which is just really kind of dishonest and. And uh, and a really bad interpretation, and uh, that that's unfortunate. But you know, that's that's what it is. Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, we we've we've uh, kind of mentioned his 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 name a couple times, um, and he he is uh, largely associated with 
with uh, anarchists. So as as you two are being anarchists, I I <laughs> I uh, I'm, I'm super curious as to what y'all think of of uh, Guy Fox as a whole and this whole like what a what a courageous hero he was. So if if uh, y'all would give your give your takes on on Guy Fox, I would I would love it. Well, my understanding, and I, I could be wrong, but my actually under, my understanding of Guy Fox was that he wasn't yeah. actually an anarchist so much as that he was actually no. a, a a religious zealot, um, and that he yeah. was fighting for like the English Catholics. Like he was not uh, a a radical by any stretch. Of, well, I mean, right. he was a radical, but he was more of a uh, he was more of an I would use the word extremist rather than than radical. <laughs> um, you know, he he had a a, a, a military career. Career and um, he was sort of, um, uh, you know, uh, fought uh, in in Catholic Spain during the Eighty Years' War. Um, but it was really like his um, religious zealotry that led him to yeah. try and enact the the gunpowder plot. And so I, I mean, I don't see Guy Fox as an anarchist figure at all. I see him as a um, you know problematic and, and deeply troubling. Um, uh, a religious figure that the um, UK has the, the the powerful in the UK have used as actually a buffer to uh, you know on Guy Fox Day they burn effigies of um, uh, of Fox um, and in order to um, sort of reinforce the idea of, of state power. Um, so to, so to me like Fox is not an anarchist figure in in any way shape or form. Um, uh, and and is is a deeply problematic figure, um, and I think that it's interesting that they've reappropriated him for this film, um, and for, for and that that uh, Alan Moore had the um, sort of ingenuity to, to reappropriate that 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 idea, and I think that that's cool. Um, and I, I like the mantra of, of course, remember, remember the fifth of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot, but that to me is more um, ha- has has been. A staple of um, the sort of reimagination that Alan Moore created than um, an actual understanding of the traditional Guy Fox Day um, as it's celebrated in the UK. At least that's, the, and again, that's my understanding of Fox. Right. Yeah. No, he was pissed that um, that the ruling monarch was a Protestant because the Church of England had taken over, and the Church of England is the Protestant Church, and they wanted. Fox and friends, haha. <laughs> they wanted to reinstate like a Catholic <laughs> monarch. That was a terrible <laughs> pun. <laughs> I thought it was great, so whatever. Leave that no, in there. No, no, it um, was. No, it, it was, was wonderful. Golden. I'm just, I hate puns so it much. <laughs> golden. Well, you have no joy left in your soul if that's the case. But um, <laughs> he wanted. I've he seen. Wanted a, he wanted a kid. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. What are you gonna say? I've just seen like so many. Like I, I, I frequently browse um, Reddit a lot and and the anarchism subreddit and and have have seen just so many um, actual anarchists just like go the fuck off on like how stupid it is that that like um, most folks are like, oh, Guy Fox is so cool and and like they've right. they've like reappropriated his. 
his mask or whatever. Yeah, there's and, goddamn masks are everywhere. Yeah, now anonymous is like there at one of the gas stations I frequent. Um, one of the one of the cashiers that worked there literally had a guy fox mask hanging in in <laughs> off his uh, rear view mirror, and it's just what? like, what? do you do you understand like what he fucking did? <laughs> like he 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 That's wanted wild. some like the answer to that question is no no, no yeah it, it, no you don't <laughs> like, clearly not. Um, it, yeah, it's. I mean, uh, I mean, I think it's a cool story, like the actual story of Guy Fox's. And there was a weird, um, like HBO adaptation. I forget what it was called. I watched like thirty minutes of it because uh, Jon Snow is Guy Fox. I'm pretty sure. Oh, wow. really? Um, yeah, I fr- I honestly do not remember what it's called. It's not very good. I just wanted to watch it because I think Jon Snow is pretty, but um. I, cu- I couldn't get into it and there was like some really sort of grotesque like torture sequences but basically Catholics were being persecuted and there was the you know weird like religious uh, warfare that was going on in England at the time and I'm not even sure exactly when that time was if I had to put a year on it but yeah not at all related to anarchy well that's very interesting and I, I think this has been a great conversation absolutely um, you know again we thank y'all so much for coming on here and We've talked for probably almost two hours now, so it's we, been <laughs> we uh, you know, thank you for your time again, and um, I think we're going to wrap it up here in a minute, but I also realized we forgot to actually give our ratings for this film. Oh, yeah. Which we were supposed to do earlier, oh. but... Uh, and would you watch it again? Oh, and that's a thing we do? Yeah. yeah that's right. Would you watch it again? Okay, so um, if we could just go around to kind of wrap it up, any... Any uh, thoughts you might still have on it? Uh, you want to get out there and also uh, give us your one out of ten rating of the film. And uh, and would you watch it again? We'll just go around. All right. Um, uh, so you start. Yeah, yeah I'll, Mike, go for it. I'll. Uh, I, I, I'm. I'm pretty comfortable with with uh, giving it a, a a six. I I think it was. Way cooler to me as a as a teenager. Um, I I think it uh, I think the pacing of it was weird overall. Um, it it kind of bored me at times watching it this time. Uh, I I still think it's overall a, a, a really solid film, but uh, not as not as revered as, as I thought it was. Um, I, I'm I'm gonna give it a, a six, um, and I would probably watch it again. Just just. Uh, because I, I think Hugo Weaving is, and Natalie Portman both do a, a great job in, in their respective roles and make it worth watching. For sure. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, uh, I agree. I would give it a 6 or maybe a 6.5 uh, out of 10. Um, I think it, it, it had some really interesting parts. Uh, it, it does. The pacing is a little weird. It does seem to kind of like starts a little bit slow but it also just kind of like drops out in the middle it feels like but um and it's any any movie that's over i've got this thing that i do now it's like any movie that's over two hours has to really earn it you know like (laughs) that's a really good rule i mean look I, i i love long movies and there have been movies that I'm sitting in a the theater and I'm like, I don't want this to end. I want to see another. I want to see like a fourth hour of this film. Mm-hmm. But there are also movies that are approaching, 
approaching two hours and I'm like, there's no fucking way. Like, yeah. or, or I'll like look at the, at my phone halfway through the movie and realize I'm only halfway through a two hour movie or two plus hour movie. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no way. Like, yeah. you know, it's just so, especially so, now that we kind of reviewing. Yeah. Review we, them for, we, for yeah. We watch a ton of them now. So it's like, I've just kind of like put that rule into effect for, for me. That's like, if it's over two hours, by I don't care if it's by a minute, it's gotta it's gotta earn it because there's just no reason that that's like a new standard, a new normal for films. That yeah. to, if you think your film is important, it's long. Yep. Uh, and that's it's kind of an arrogant way to approach filmmaking, <laughs> in my opinion. So I'd rather have a short, sweet film that I can really enjoy and watch twenty times than this, you know, bloated, you know, thing. But. Uh, so you know, I think that with that said, I, I think there were parts with you know that I really liked, but uh, it stumbled stumbled through the politics. You know, it was kind of a confused thing as we've obviously kind of you know been through. But um, yeah, uh, six six five tops. Yeah, for me, uh, and that's different than I would have said you know the first time I watched it. But um, how about y'all? Kirsten, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I um, I would give it a six as well. Um, I agree with uh, everything y'all said. I mean, it's a slow start. It has that grand finale. Um, there are meaningful messages peppered uh, throughout, uh, albeit they're crippled by um, this sort of Hollywoodization that we've we've discussed throughout this, um, you know, uh, analysis of the film um, and it's also very flawed um, there are a lot of problems um, with its portrayal of its female characters of its of its queer characters um, you know the, the liberal impulse would be well you know at least it had queer characters but like it doesn't matter like the, you know if it's queer characters aren't re- represented well if they're not used if they're if they're only used as uh, plot devices in order to mature the you know progression of these characters then that that's a you know an integral flaw um, in in the in the narrative, um, to say nothing of the other political short shortcomings uh, and pitfalls, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I I still like the movie. Um, I uh, it, like I like I said before, it um, was a really foundational story for me as a as a kid, and um, I really like it. And I would definitely watch it again. I've watched it six or seven times at this point, and I I enjoy it um, quite quite a lot. So I'd I'd be more than happy to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's something I forgot. I would watch it again too. Cool. But yeah, totally agree. Cool, cool. Um, so I would go ahead and give it a four. I think uh, overall, there's just it's very clunky to me. Um, there's obviously a lot of of the movie that really bothered me. A lot of the you know sort of characterizations and politics of the movie that just sort of got under my skin. Um, but as far as what I watch it again, um, I do this thing with certain movies. I do it. Um, I do it with actually Inglorious Bastards. Whenever I'm feeling sad, sometimes I pull out Inglorious Bastards, and I only watch the scenes where Nazis get killed, and that cheers me up. <laughs> I would do that with this movie. Like I would go yeah. and I would watch, you know, the scenes that bring me a lot of joy because there are scenes in this movie that bring me a lot of joy. The the concerto scene in the beginning, and of course the sort of grand finale when everyone shows up in their masks. Like those parts made me so happy, and they were so fucking cool. Um, you know, some of the showdowns that he has with the knives and um, the TV TV guy. What was his name? Uh, 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 Dietrich. The one. D- no, no, no. The one that was watching himself in the shower. 
Oh, Prothero. Prothero, yeah. That that scene where he gets... I would totally watch that again to, like, cheer myself up. Um, so, maybe, kind of, in a weird way, I would watch it again. Bits and pieces, that's, cool. that's super fair. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Well, uh, you know, again, we've we've really enjoyed it, um, and uh, we we very much appreciate your time and and just coming on here and and uh, just just sharing this conversation with us and and sharing your thoughts and everything. It's it's, it's been it's been great. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. No, we really I enjoyed this. If y'all ever want to do it again, just let me know. We'll do it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Thank you for thank you for setting this up. Um, really enjoyed your time as well and. Um, you know, I was, uh, I'm not going to lie. I was very, I, after a long drive, I was very tired, but I'm like feeling mm. amped after our discussion. I feel, I feel ready to, uh, to smash the patriarchy and smash the fash and, uh, burn this whole rotten system to the ground and build something better in the ashes. So, um, thanks yeah. for, thanks for organizing this and, uh, thanks for, you know, all the work that you guys are doing. I think that it's really important that we, um, talk about media and talk about film and talk about music and, and, um, art in general. I mean, the fascists are coming for our art um that's that, i think that's another theme that's in this this movie for better or worse um like the fascists are coming for our art um they have no culture so they want to take ours and we can't fucking let them and um i, I really appreciate that about your guys podcast that you guys um hold fast to that stuff and, and really dig into these um these these works of art in some really nuanced and cool ways so thanks for the work that you guys are doing well thank you and and, and uh I, you know i couldn't agree more that, that uh, about uh the uh, the coming for our art and uh, and you know but we're 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 fans of, of your show as well and uh, and we just appreciate everybody in in the community uh, kind of the leftist podcast community or whatever it is that we're kind yep. of finding our way through. It's um, so important to, to to build each other up and and uh, just just make all of us just a, a a vital kind of network for for just regular ordinary people to, to get a hold of and, and, and digest and be able to, because like, like we, we've talked about several times, sometimes we're, we're just not going to reach people talking to, to them about fucking Das Kapital or, or, or whatever. I mean, we're it, the, the best way to reach them is, is through like hitting them with, with like current events, like, like y'all do and like breaking down like complex stuff that that's on the left and, and being able to like, show them like this 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 film or this song and be like okay now let's like extrapolate what we can from that and and show them like real life scenarios of like how all of this like absolutely applies to them and and can show them like you're 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 affected by this it's happening to you whether you like want to acknowledge it or not let mm-hmm. us help you let us like lead the way and and try to like organize all of this stuff to where like we're we're all in this together we 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 we've just got to help folks like realize the situation absolutely absolutely Mm -hmm. yep and uh yeah well said yeah for sure and and i mean you know it's like we're not uh you know i'll I'll speak for myself i mean i'm a fairly plain-spoken individual yes i mean uh, going on and on about about some of these things um, we're, that we're still in the process of learning about too. I mean, that's that's another reason we do this stuff is is you know to learn stuff from from what y'all say too. But um, you know, I, I like the fact that uh, 
you can speak in so many different ways and and on so many different things and connect with so many different kinds of people because there's uh you know it takes all kinds and there's there's just uh there's so there's so many different uh facets of this and of of what everyone's able to cover on these types of shows and stuff so you know yep. that's that's something i i feel strongly about and i'm just so glad that uh you know we we could get your perspective on these things and uh and again, just thank you all for coming on. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you guys so much. You guys have a great night, all right? Thank you. All right, uh, y'all, you too. Uh, again, appreciate you, and uh, we appreciate everybody out there tuning in. Uh, do y'all want to do a, a, a plug for the podcast real quick? Sure, Bree, you want to do it? Yeah, uh, so we are Coffee with Comrades. You can find us iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you find regular podcasts. And we are on Twitter. It's at CoffeeWComrades. Sounds great. And will you guys will you guys plug your show as well? So that Because um, we're going to put it in both our feeds, uh, is my understanding. So if you'd plug your show as well, just so folks uh, who are listening to it in our feed can figure out where to find you all as well. Yeah, we're the we're the Left Media Podcast. Uh, we just kind of uh, review movies and and uh, songs and from a from a leftist perspective. And you can find us at a uh, Left Media Pod on on a uh, Facebook or not Facebook on Twitter. Um, and yeah, leave and, us uh, and iTunes and yeah, pretty much everything. I think I don't know most things most platforms were available on i think yeah we're not we're not like super tech savvy so uh we we could be lying about that but we think we're on i think we're on spotify places <laughs> uh but yeah um yeah it's been great and uh we appreciate y'all so uh we're signing off yeah we appreciate you guys all right y'all in solidarity comrades solidarity, solidarity forever all right <laughs>